Blog Talk Radio. you to think and live for yourself. 
So, you know, we're really excited about being here today, excited about bringing forth the information that we have. Um, there's a call for papers. Um, Dr. Sakifu Hutchinson has a call out for papers for a new anthology, and it's entitled Women of Color Beyond Faith, Free Thought, Feminism, and Social Justice. The link I have posted on several occasions. I will post it on my wall. Again, I've posted it in Rome, and you can find the information there. I've, you know, I tweet it out at least once or twice a week. So you all get a chance, please. Um, if you have any questions, all the information is on the website, and you can definitely reach out, and she will reach back. She does respond. So the submission for this is September 30th, and it's for abstracts, so 500 words or less. And it, sh it should be a great anthology. So, guys, we're encouraging you all to get involved, and, again, it's for women of color. And, you know, as African-American, Latino, indigenous, et cetera, Asian, Pan-Asian. So, you know, we're encouraging everybody to, you know, participate. Participate, pass the information around. Uh, we've had different people pass the information out, posting it. And we appreciate it, appreciate everything that you've done. So today our topic is going to be intersectionality in the free thought community. Again, intersectionality in the free thought community. This is part two. We talked about it a few weeks ago, and we were talking about um, it was a variety of different topics, but we talked about sexism, racism, um, you know, a little bit about transphobia, and there are a lot of isms and phobias or obias out there, and, you know, that information definitely it needs to be challenged. It needs to be brought to the forefront. We need to have these conversations. It's extremely, extremely important that, you know, we start to talk about these issues in the community, and that's wonderful. I'm glad that we have a venue in which we can bring this to the community at large and discuss um, what's happening and what's been happening out there. This past week, there was a development um, with the Supreme Court decision on affirmative action as well as the Voting Rights Act. And just looking around and, you know, we have to do something. Um, they struck down Section 4, which basically takes the bite out of Section 5. And immediately within two hours of that decision, Texas enacted their voter ID law, and there are several other states that are following suit. And this definitely is a cause for concern. So we did a show this past Wednesday, no, Thursday, in which we talked about the Supreme Court decisions, and I encourage, encourage everybody to go out and listen to the show that we did Thursday. Um, it was Carl and myself, and it was a wonderful show. We got a lot of information out there and, you know, posted quite a few links, and we'll post more. And especially, I want you guys to pay attention to, you know, several specific cases, but um, yeah, you definitely want to take a look at um, Fisher versus the University of Texas, 
which deals with affirmative action, you want to take a look at Salinas versus Texas, which is um, the right against self-incrimination. Basically, with that particular case, is basically kind of trumping your Fifth Amendment rights, your right to remain silent. And it's important that you guys understand what happened with that and also go and look up what happened with your Miranda right laws a few years ago, the decision that was brought down by the Supreme Court as well. Um, look at um, Maryland versus King, um, Florida versus Jardines. I mean, there were several cases that came down in particular. Um, one that you know many people may want to look at was a case in which you know if you're being harassed, um, it kind of leaves a loophole as to whether your supervisor is really harassing or discriminating against you. I mean, it's it's, it's outrageous. And it leaves them a loophole so that, you know, basically it questions who exactly is your supervisor, how do you define supervisor. And, again, you just have to go and look up and see what's happening and, you know, see how it affects you, how it affects your lives. But you need to be aware of this. And with the decisions that have come down from the Supreme Court, especially the past few years, it seems as though more and more of our civil liberties are being taken away and violated. But, I mean, I guess that's, you know, subject to interpretation and perception. But, anyway, getting back to the topic, intersectionality in the free thought community community. And this is part two. And again, from last week, you know, the decision about affirmative action and the Voting Rights Act, that came down first. And so, you know, there were many of us that were, you know, obviously quite upset about that particular decision. And one thing that I've noticed, and, you know, I looked and, you know, I could have missed some things, and, you know, if someone has some information, please feel free to correct me. But I didn't see any announcements or any statements from any of the larger organizations regarding the Voting Rights Act decision. I saw statements regarding DOMA and marriage equality of course, which took place the day after, but I didn't see any statements or acknowledgments. So, I mean, there may have been one or two, and I may have missed it. And if I did, you know, my apologies, get that information to me. But I went and looked at a few sites. I didn't see anything. And so that leads us, you know, a little bit more into the topic here because you have people in the community and organizations that basically talk about how they want diversity and that they're inclusive. But, you know, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to the future. And my question is, are they going to work with some of the smaller groups or even within their own groups for outreach, outreach into the community? Because, with the Voting Rights Act decision, it does not only affect minority communities, it affects everybody. You know, um, 
you know, basically this affects students, this affects disabled people, elderly people, um, people who are social, um, well, basically economically and educationally disadvantaged, and that crosses all, um, you know, racial and ethnic lines. And I just, I'm looking at this, and, you know, I believe that it's time that we get out there and we start becoming more organized and reaching out to the communities because, again, as we move forward, you know, even with the marriage equality, basically this is going to be left up to states for the most part. And in many states, our elected officials are the ones who make that ultimate decision. Well, I believe that we need to, um, and I, I believe we need to, again, start getting engaged more on a local level. And that means voting. And especially with the national, org, you know, with the national elections that are coming up in 2014, which is only a year and a half from now. And we need to start ensuring that people are registered to vote or encouraging them to go out and register to vote and to understand who their um, elected officials are locally as well as, you know, nationally. And, again, this is going to take some time because with I know I had a hard time a couple of years ago um, attempting to register to vote and I went to the Department of Motor Vehicles, of course. And, I mean, they wanted four or five, you know, well, I won't say four or five different IDs, but I brought four or five different types of verification, and it was never the right what they wanted. So, you know, they gave me a list of things, and um, it had to be like um, – Information like we have city stickers here. Um, you have stickers for your license plate and, you know, your birth certificate, your social security card. And I know many people are saying, what's the big deal? Well, some people do not have access to their birth certificate. Some people may not have access to their social security information. And especially not everybody owns a vehicle, so they may not have access to, you know, um, the registration for, you know, their license plates or the city stickers or what have you. And they've made it quite a bit more difficult for people to vote. They made it extremely difficult for students, and many students are going to school out of town, out of state, and they used to be able to use their student IDs, and now they can't do that. But you're able to use your Ford card, which is a firearm owner's identification card, or something along the lines of that. And, you know, people need to be questioning why. And, yeah, you know, I was looking around. Um, yeah, we shouldn't, and someone in the chat room says that they don't like to monitor the local elections, that the Fed should do it. But, you know, and that's true. I mean, I agree with that. But they're relying on us to monitor these elections and to report any type of disparities or discrepancies. And so that's why we have to be vigilant in that. But, you know, bringing it back to center here, again, are we really working toward being inclusive? 
in this community because, again, I haven't seen one word written. And, you know, again, I have not gone to everybody's website. I've visited a few. You know, I didn't go to look at anything today, and I don't believe I went to anyone's site yesterday. But, again, not one word. And I find that quite strange. So, again, you know, all communities will be affected by this. And I'm just trying to get a better understanding as to, you know, what exactly is the free thought atheist community going to do. You know, again, I'm just, it's, it's just, it's unbelievable because there are many who attempt to make us believe that there aren't any issues with um, any of the isms or phobias in this community. And that's simply not necessarily true. Just because you're an atheist or a free thinker, that does not mean that you're above having biases. And, you know, those of us within the community that will be affected by this, you know, what exactly are we doing? Are we sitting on our laurels and just complaining? Or are we actually going to get out there and start working towards a solution? Are we going to start working towards, you know, um, making sure that our, you know, paperwork is in order so that we can vote, you know, uh, educating ourselves on the candidates, um, you know, helping, assisting other people. You know, again, there may be people who need some assistance, whereas, um Maybe they don't know how to register to vote or they don't have a means. I mean, you can register to vote online. You can check to see if you're registered to vote. You know, canivote.org. You know, and there are several other websites out there in which you can see, you know, if you're registered. And you can go ahead and register. I mean, you have Rock the Vote. Um, you can actually go to usa.gov. Um, register to vote.org. All of that information is out there. You can go to your county listings, your town um, websites, and, you know, put that information in there, and especially for those of you that have moved or maybe you've gotten married. And now that, you know, we have marriage equality, there are going to be, you know, bunches and bunches of weddings, you know, across the country. And so, you know, it's extremely important. And then also... You know, um, a development earlier this week is they removed some of the restrictions for um, gender assignment or gender reassignment surgery. So, you know, your um, gender may be changing on your birth certificate and things like that. So, you know, it's just important that you understand and you stay on top of this and you try to stay in front of the ball. But it goes back to you know, intersectionality um, in our community, in the free thought community. Are these organizations actually really willing to stand with us or even take the lead, if you will? And, you know, I know it's still early. It's been less than a week since the Supreme Court brought that decision down, but they were able to put some information out there about, you know, again, DOMA, Prop 8, marriage equality, you know, and they acknowledged it, and like I said, that's wonderful, but we also, you know, need to start working on these other issues as well because, again, you know, you have um, different people in the community that, you know, like I said, spouse being inclusive and diverse, 
and I'm just not seeing it. I'm not seeing any acknowledgement, nothing. And, you know, I find that disheartening on a number of different levels. But, again, you know, I have to be fair about it. I have to give people time to prepare a statement, you know, however, you know, how much time do you need to prepare even the most simplest statement, acknowledging what happened with the Voting Rights Act and knowing that it's going to impact, you know, some of your members in addition to impacting, you know, people in your community. Because, again, this is not just people of color that are going to be affected by this. Other communities, you know, the white community is definitely going to be affected by this. And in particular, that case, Fisher versus the University of Texas, what the Supreme Court did was sent the case back to the Texas court and basically gave them instructions and, you know, kind of chastising them somewhat, telling them to basically review the case again and to, you know, put a little bit more pressure on the University of Texas at Austin. And it's going to basically take a look at their diversity and inclusion rules and there are some EEO applicants that will be affected by that. But the number of EEO applicants are few and far between. I mean, it's, it's a minute number of students. And what I find unfortunate about the young woman that brought the lawsuit is when you look at her transcripts, look at her grades, she didn't have the grades to get in anyway. However, to me, she was biased, whereas she thought that the minorities that were admitted, you know, not even the ones admitted under EEO, the ones that were admitted through the, you know, the general application process, she made somewhere in her mind, it seems as though she thought that she was more qualified than those. And that speaks volumes. That speaks volumes because there are some people out there laboring under the delusion that all blacks fall under that so-called bell curve and that there is an abundance of ignorance and what have you in our community. And it's, it's extremely unfortunate. But what's even more unfortunate, even though this was, you know, the University of Texas and their admissions process, to me this is opening the door and building a case for them to attack affirmative action across the board. And what this young lady doesn't realize is that, and, you know, a lot of people don't realize this, and it's definitely not advertised and talked about on a wide scale, is that affirmative action actually benefits white females more than it does minorities or people of color. So while she was celebrating that victory, there are people around her celebrating a victory, but not because she will be, you know, pretty much um, admitted to the University of Texas at Austin, for which she did not meet the full qualifications, but because there's, you know, a bigger picture. There's, you know, uh, this is opening the door for some people to um, basically attack affirmative action at the very root. And, you know, white women 
definitely will be affected by this as well. So, again, I'm just telling people to look at the bigger picture. It's not as cut and dry as many people um, believe. And this is just setting, you know, the precedent for other decisions that are going to possibly come down later on. So I just think it's important for you all to familiarize yourself with what's happening there. But um, regarding the atheist free thought community, I'm just trying to see, you know, um, where people stand. Where are we going with this? What's exactly going to happen? And again, I haven't seen one statement anywhere regarding VRA. Um, You know, are they going to, you know, start working with some of the smaller groups or within their own group? Um, Again, you know, putting information out there as far as what people need in order to, you know, basically kind of protest what's been going on. Um, It's just, I don't know. I'm just trying to get a better understanding as to what's happening in this community. And we're hearing all of this talk about how we need to work together, but work together towards whose, you know, cause. Because, again, you know, even what I've been seeing over the past several years, I've been seeing people, you know, addressing feminism, not necessarily in the most positive and productive, you know, um, 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 oh, my goodness, in the most positive way or the most productive way. And there's been a lot of controversy, you know, surrounding that as well. And so we're just trying to, you know, get a better understanding. And, I mean, some progress is better than no progress. However, there are some issues that seem to be on the back burner and they're acting as though it does not even exist, acting as though it does not exist and not speaking on it. That doesn't make it go away. It doesn't make it go away. What it's showing me is a total lack of respect for, you know, people in your own community, and yet you still want these same people to come to your conferences, to buy your books, to pay your membership fees, and to support you. But are you going to support them as they move forward? Our telephone is 310-982-4273. Again, that's 310-982-4273. Press 1 if you would like to speak with us. And we have a caller on the line from area code 614. May I ask who's calling? Yeah, this is Nate. How you doing? Hey, Nate, how are you? I'm yes, doing sir. so far so good. Um, when it comes to the Voting Rights Act of 1965, um, as I said before, I took the time to read it, and I found it very interesting. Um, it's interesting how they pretty much took out Section 4, which by taking mm-hmm. out Section 4, takes out Section 5. And exactly. watching watching almost right away how many of the southern states react to that. Before, when Section 4 was put in, um, it was not permissible to have someone vote, give them permission to vote, 
because they because of any type of device. And devices mm-hmm. such as in Texas, uh, you have to have a voter ID card or picture ID card. Exactly. Something like that. And now, and as you pointed out before, um, many people, especially poor folks, it's not just black folks. So the folks that exactly. are listening or whatever, it's not just a black thing. It's also an economic class issue as well. And exactly. I think... This is this is one of these areas where race is as much as a, of an illusion as it is also a reality. Yes, blacks are suffering, but also poor whites, poor Hispanics, so forth and so on. The sure. list goes on, and something needs to be done. As I said, I I don't like the fact of all certain local authorities giving you know monitoring their their own selves. I don't like that at all. But we do have to empower ourselves, find out what's going on, and when these irregularities happen against us, we need to be able to report. I'm not just reporting about who can we go to, who do we talk to, so that we can get these things reported and something done about it. Um, did we take a step exactly. backwards? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, no, and what I was going to say, I, I think it's important that those of us in the free thought community, that we take, you know, an active, invisible role um, in, you know, again, with the registration process, encouraging people to get registered, because, and, and that's the whole thing, and working with other organizations, which means because we do not have any um, mechanisms in place, if you will, we're going to have to work with some of these organizations. Some of them are religious in nature and some of these institutions, but we have to get out there and get mobilized and get organized. And, you know, we're I'm challenging, you know, the free thought and the atheist community is, especially some of the larger organizations. You know, where are you? Where are you? You know, um, this is going to affect their members. Because the majority of their members, you know, some for the most part fall in these categories. And I'm talking about the newer, you know, members of the community. I'm not talking about, you know, the stereotypical rich, white, older men. You know, they'll be fine. We know this. So, so again, you know, this community has grown. And, you know, it's, you know, more diverse than it, you know, has been in the past. And, again, we're dealing with a lot of issues, again, with the isms and the phobias or obias. And, you know, again, this opens up another opportunity for us to sit down because, you know, again, a lot of women are going to be affected by this as well. You know, and, again, it goes beyond just the Voting Rights Act. You know, it goes to some of the decisions that were made, you know, um, you know, everybody has Fifth Amendment rights in this country, but that does not mean that when you're questioned by the police that you have the right to remain silent anymore. You have to go out and read that case and see what happens. And so right. basically they can take your DNA. They can take your DNA before you're even, you know, charged with a crime. So, again, in the community here, you know, I feel that we need to be informing you know, our members and talking to people and letting them know we're having a meeting today with my group and we're going to be talking about all of this because I'm not sure if everyone understands the severity of what happened this week 
and how we need to get prepared now. Now, we cannot wait. You know, a lot of people focus on, you know, the general election, the presidential, the federal elections. And so they're looking into 2016. But, no, we cannot sleep on 2014 because, again, you know, you have your local elections, to me, which are more important than the federal ones because the local politics affects you directly, more directly. You know, right. and people don't understand the difference between state laws and federal laws in some cases. And, you know, we just have to get the information out there and start working together. But what is the free thought community doing? What are we going to do? I know my group, um, BNOC, you know, we're meeting today right after the show. And, you know, I'm going to encourage them to get involved. And unfortunately, because free thought atheist community has nothing in place, we have no choice but to get involved with, like, um, Operation Push and NAACP and Urban League and these other organizations that are already established, organized, and ready to go. And But it also helps us to build a relationship with those, you know, organizations and in these communities. And it's important that we do so. Um, we have Deborah on the line with us. Hey, Deborah. How y'all doing today? <laughs> Good, how are you? Oh, fine. You know, I didn't, I didn't know it was a problem, so much of a big issue. I guess. Talk up just heard... a little bit, dear. I'm sorry. Okay, can you hear me? Okay. Am yes, ma'am. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Hi, hi. Go ahead, Devor. We can hear you. Okay. Yeah, you're you're good. You're good. Okay. I, you know, until um, you know, when when uh, President Obama was running. And I start seeing little things like you have people, you know, black people who are got this thing about there's no need to vote because it's not going to make a difference. And it's gotten stronger and stronger, you know, down here, you know. And on certain uh, websites, you know, on certain – I used to like to be in forums, you know, on the Internet. And, and I, used, I, I started seeing a lot of that, and it has continued. Um, that, you know, they got this negativity against voting, you know. And I think that's a, a huge problem, you know. I mean, they're, they're out there talking and, you know, some you have some, some um, notable people who are talking, who, who, who are, are, are very widely followed, but they're pushing for not voting at all. You know. Exactly, you know, and that's apathy. And, again, you know, a lot of people feel as though, you know, you're correct, there's been this don't vote type of campaign. You know, there are a lot of people that feel as though voting is a waste of time and that, you know, our votes do not count. That's what some people believe. I don't believe that. I believe our votes do count and especially in the local elections. And, no, we have to get out there. We have to combat that, you know. And, you know, yeah, exactly. We need to look within our own communities, you know, as well and try to combat those feelings of apathy and work with people. But, um, yeah, you know, we have to do better. We have to do better at, you know, all of this. And I don't know where that came from because I've seen, you know, certain people of note, as you were talking about, you know, saying that the vote doesn't count. 
And, you know, I believe that it's definitely, you know, a ploy, if you will, um, to fool people. And unfortunately, it's been fooling some. However, this is what a lot of people um, do not realize. In this last election, it was the first time ever that people of color outvoted white. That's right. So we can't necessarily believe all of the hype about your vote doesn't count. It was the first time ever that people of color outvoted white. So we have to keep that in mind as well. And, again, you know, it's a lot of propaganda out there. We have William on the line with us here. It's a lot of propaganda out there, and we have to make sure that we don't fall prey to that. Because, again, they were even saying that, you know, black voter registration was down and they didn't feel as though, you know, uh, black folks would basically vote. And it, you know, it turned out to be untrue because we voted in record numbers. We sat there in line for hours at a time. And, again, you know, we were able to get out there and we showed our face. So you can't necessarily believe everything that's being said in the news. Because, I mean, I don't believe everything that the media tells me. You know, a, a lot of what they say is definitely tailored and designed to try to shift some things in a certain direction. So that's why I encourage people to read alternative news out there and, again, utilize those critical thinking skills. We're always talking about critical thinking and thinking logically. You have to use that in every area. But, you know, right now I'm specifically looking at the free thought community because we have nothing in place. And this is, you know, some of what I've been talking about over the past couple of years on the show. And that's, I was talking about this even before then, but you didn't know who I was. But, you know, what are we going to do as the free thought community? You know, where are we going to fall in history? You know, are we going to sit on the sidelines and say everything will work itself out? You know, I just personally, I can't sit back and be apathetic and just sit there. No, we have to take an active role and get out here and help people, you know, because we're supposed to be the knowledgeable ones, the intellects, if you will, and what exactly are we going to do to encourage people to, um, you know, um, exercise their civil liberties? I just think it's important. So, again, just looking at the bigger picture, just looking at, you know, intersectionality in this community, you know, um, there have been charges of sexism and racism. And it's situations like this that provide an opportunity for us to work together and to sit down and talk. And, again, you know, we're opening the door yet again. And I'm just waiting to see what some of these larger national organizations are going to do because I know with my group we're going to move out. Go ahead, dear. Yeah, I was going to say, I found it strange as well. I thought for sure that there would be this whole barrage of reaction to Section 4 of the Voting Rights Act being gutted. I, I found it strange. I almost found it surreal 
um, right. that nothing happens. So I, I'm, I'm the same thought as you, Kim. Are people in the stages of planning, or is it because the next day you had um, uh, the marriage right, you know, the Supreme Court, Supreme Court give the marriage, you know, the marriage issue a, a great thumbs up, which is beautiful. I, I really enjoyed hearing that. They do have that right to get married just like anybody else. Um, but even though that's, it was great to hear that, but still, because, again, since we're speaking about intersectionality, we are going to have these people in same-sex marriages, they're going to have their right to violate them when it comes to voting. I, I just know. In addition to that, what you were saying, you know, about educating ourselves, in my opinion, I think, the most dangerous voter isn't the person that doesn't vote. The most dangerous voter is the uneducated voter. We have exactly. to be able to educate ourselves on what the issues are and make the best choices that we feel are represent- representative of what we think, what we feel. Uh, I've seen some absurd cases. I know there was a, uh, a lady I used to date. She told me that uh, at her job there was this lady that says, oh, I just vote whatever my husband tells me to. Wow. I'm like, what yeah. if your husband is? Voting, telling you to vote on something that goes against who you are as a woman. What are you going to do then? And she wasn't able to answer that question. Uh, but I hope it gave her the time to actually think about what she just said. Uh, I ran right. into another lady where she just said, well, whatever my dad tells me to vote, that's why I vote. But what if you and your dad disagree on something? What are you going to do? So it's, it is going to be interesting to see what, what's going to happen. It's going to be interesting to see what groups actually start working with, with each other. And, and as you're pointing out there, Kim, it's going to be interesting if uh, non-believer groups start working with people like the Push Coalition, or are we going to be able to conform our own conglomerate and do something about it at the grassroots level all the way up to the federal level? Um, it's funny but last night I was just talking to I ran into a, a friend from work, and we were talking about just these very issues. She happens to be atheist too, and we were talking about you know doing our own thing here in Columbus about getting the word out about what's going on when it comes to the Voting Rights Act and what's going to happen. I know something else has happened in one of the southern states. I want to say North Carolina, but I'm not sure. And that is, they have like the Sunday before the actual voting day. Folks there in that state can vote. Well, as soon as Section 4 was taken away, that extra date of vote was taken away. Uh, exactly. There were, some other, there were some other states where something similar happened. And, again, these are southern states that are doing it. Now, right now the argument is uh, that, uh, well, since blacks outnumbered whites in the presidential election, we don't need this anymore. But this is only one year. There was right. only one major election. And what the counter-argument is to that is what's going on in the local and the state level. That is not going on. You're not getting blacks. You're not getting minorities, period, outnumbering whites when it comes to voting to a smaller election. It's just not happening. Um, and I would love to um, probe Clarence Thomas's mind to find out whether his, his experiences and so forth and so on for him to write the uh, reaction that he wrote and why he decided to go ahead and take out Section 4. You know, according to him so far, he said that it cheapened his, his degree from Yale to do what he wanted to do. Uh, my question is, how so? 
how does that happen? Because what I see is making sure that people get that fair chance to get that higher education at your Ivy League schools or wherever else they want to get it. You know, I don't think his uh, conservative opinion may not be the most representative of the people, of all minorities, not just blacks. Okay, you can one black guy right. in the Supreme Court. That's fine. I, I like that. But is his view representative for all minorities? And I'm going to say no. It, it's not. And I really didn't see the, I don't think it's really the Supreme Court's place, but I really didn't see them put forth, uh, okay, they're saying, well, this doesn't apply, but okay, what is your what is your solution to this? It has been written on both on both sides of this issue that, yes, when it comes to the Supreme Court, but, yes, they do know that this type of thing is going on. People are being denied, denied their right to vote, but they're saying that it's not at government levels anymore. I'm going to say it's just more behind the scenes. It, it, it's hitting much more better now. And maybe there are certain low-level people put in place that they know are going to do this, but they don't say anything. They just put them in place. They just count on them to be who they are, and they're going to do what they're going to do. Um, I, I do feel that's going to be right. uh, an issue. Uh, I don't know what's going right. to happen here in my state of Ohio, but it's going to be interesting. Well, it's going to put more of a strain. And in the state of Ohio, which was one of the swing states, um, you know, I, I believe it's going to put more pressure on Ohio and Florida and North Carolina and, you know, several of the other swing states. And, you know, um, Terry in the chat room said that, you know, um, coupled with the gerrymandering going on, um, you know, that's going to present some issues. And for those who aren't familiar with gerrymandering and those types of issues, that is how they um, basically um, redraw the maps. Yeah. And there are ways you can redraw the maps in which the minority vote does not count at all. And now that they've struck down Section 4, which takes the bite out of Section 5, they can do that now without having to, you know, deal with the federal government overlooking them and not having to get preclearance. So that is why you're seeing voter ID laws being enacted and being soon to be voted on and they're, you know, drawing the district maps. I mean, there is a method to the madness, and we're trying to get people to understand that. Terry also was talking about the electoral college versus the popular vote, and that goes back to the Gore election. Even before then, that wasn't the first time that that has come under fire, and I've been saying for years, what is the purpose of us having an electoral college? And... You know, I'm one of those people, I feel that the Electoral College should be abolished. So I do agree. But, again, that lets you know they don't necessarily trust the popular vote. So um, we'll see how that works out in the future as well. But, yeah, the Electoral College, that definitely should be abolished because a person can have the most popular votes, but if the Electoral College votes differently, then that person will win based on the electoral votes as opposed to the popular vote, and that can be discouraging. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it was interesting. If if I remember correctly, Gore crushed, uh, almost crushed Bush in the popular vote. It was very clear that Gore, you know, did him in the popular vote, but since it's broken down into to electoral college, we had this 
you know, did heat at the finish line and all the controversy that we had uh, in Florida. Now, in the past presidential election, I thought here in Ohio we were going to have some problems here as well. Uh, but fortunately, we didn't. Uh, and I thought it was intriguing how Obama won the second term with Ohio because he really didn't focus on the rural areas. He, he already knew he was going to win northeast Ohio. That's a given. But it's how he focused on the population centers. He focused on Cleveland. He focused Columbus. He focused on Cincinnati and how he got the people to come out. And even, what was it, the election eve, uh, he was here in Columbus, and he gave a speech downtown and it drew such a large crowd. And, you know, of course, right. you know, I, I was excited about it because I was seeing history happen here in my hometown. So, you know, yay Columbus. Um, um, but still, you know, it, it's great to see that. But I'm just wondering what's going to happen in 2016. Um, the Republicans are, are leaderless right now. Uh, they It doesn't seem like anyone's really willing to step forward. You might have Chris Christie. We'll see what happens when it comes to him losing weight and so forth. Um, nah. <laughs> but, uh, nah, Chris, Chris uh, Christie, exactly. is, he's making too many bad sound bites for himself. He would be hilarious trying to run now. Like he's already speaking out against LGBT folks. He like and and then what he did with the um with with the special election election where he's spending all that extra money right now when he's also on tape saying he wouldn't dare spend all that extra money because he doesn't want the black voters to come out and vote against him uh, later on down down the year. And like and you want to yeah gerrymandering yeah you can come no 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 further than than right where I live they cut up my district where I I where I used to vote was. What about a less than a quarter mile from my house, and where I voted, um, I voted amongst a, a heavy uh, Hispanic area over here in Union Park in East Orlando, and they they cut up our district in 2010, and now I go I go about five miles from the house and vote with a bunch of rednecks, and I used to go vote where it said voting I key, now it says vote higher, you know. Yeah, they, they they gerrymander that up, and that, that uh th- those folks that say don't vote, that's like a political statement in itself. That's like um that's like conservatism light, because they're they they're saying I'm fine with this status quo, this this path that our species is on in this continent. I think it's peachy. Don't vote, and that that's that's like another political sta- a lazy political statement, but it's a it's oh, a I statement. Think. But I'm glad that you brought up the status quo. Well, I'm just saying, I'm glad that you brought up the status quo because there are several people, you know, of that mindset that they want to leave things as they are. That's basically what the status quo is. Things are fine the way they are. Why change things? And, again, you know, looking back at the free thought in the atheist community, you know, uh, again, I hear all this talk about, in, you know, being inclusive and being diverse, but yet it seems as though there's some people that want things to remain the same, remain as they are, and it's not happening. And, you know, we've been seeing a lot of infighting, a lot of different issues, denial. Um, I'm seeing some different incidents out there which people definitely need to be challenged in. Critique, and there's a couple of people that just need to be straight put on blast, but that's another story. But yeah. again, where are the statements? Where, you know, what are they doing to 
you know, work with the different people in the community because, again, again, this is not necessarily an issue that is relegated to communities of color. You know, again, you have people, um, you have disabled people, you have young folks, again, you have poor people, and, you know, that that's all communities there. You have, you know, um, just a variety of different people that will be affected by this. So where does our responsibility lie? You know, and we're not even talking about the issues happening internally within the community. We're talking about, you know, we're trying to um, bring forth a new face of atheism. We're trying to engage the community at large. But I'm not seeing any type of real effort or outreach. And it seems as though they're happy with the way things are, which is their own little private club and they have their conferences, giving each other awards, and patting each other on the back, and passing money back and forth to one another. Yeah. What good does that do? Because it's starting to look like the church to me. They're starting to do what I see being done in the church, and that's disturbing. Yeah, it is, because, I mean, if they would be really looking at what the, ch- the church is, is starting to you know, in other words, it's a war going on, and the church is mm-hmm. gearing up. They're gearing up. Like the uh, other week, they had the uh, what is it uh, for freedom thing was on. Uh-huh. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, come on, come on. They they are gearing up for a fight, and and it's yeah. gonna get worse. It's gonna get worse. Exactly. It, it, it. And it's, it's definitely going to be a fight, and it's on several different, you know, levels there. But um, I made a comment this week, right before the marriage equality decision came down from the Supreme Court, and I was talking about um, members of the LGBT community, LGBTQ community of color, and how they are about to be torn to a certain degree between issues in the black community and issues in the LGBTQ community. So they're going to be caught in the middle there. And the church, you know, I saw a lot of talk about us versus them, and basically um, quite a few religious people feel as though the Supreme Court and the government is choosing the rights of LGBTQ community over the rights of the Christian community. Now, that has been building up for years. That resentment, that scapegoating, the finger pointing, that's been mm-hmm. going on for years. The decision that came down last week is setting it up so that there's even more animosity between the two groups. And they're mm-hmm. going to keep them fighting against one another. While, you know, other human rights and civil liberties are being trounced upon and taken away. But, again, you know, for those of us in the free thought community that sees what's happening and understands these decisions and understands the laws that are, you know, being enacted, what are we going to do? You know, and not only with that, I'm just talking about also the issues within the community. Because, again, we have way too many people playing ostrich, if you will, hiding their head in the sand as though there's nothing happening. And if there's nothing going on, there are plenty of issues Plenty of problems within the free thought atheist community 
and they aren't being addressed. And some of the ones that are being addressed aren't necessarily being addressed properly because in some cases I feel as though people are being pandered to. They're telling them just enough and giving them just enough to kind of, you know, in their eyes to shut them down or to keep them quiet or to keep them a little satiated until, you know, they find a different way to deal with that particular group. But other groups are just being ignored. And just because you give attention to one or two specific people or three or four specific people, if you will, that does not mean that the issue has gone away. And but communities Ameri- of color... Go ahead. Okay, okay. Americans are so decadent, though. I mean, they compared to the rest of the world, America has lived such a plush lifestyle. They haven't had to suffer like so many of the other countries have. So all what they want to do is sit on their asses, watch television, do whatever else, go to work or whatever, and that's it. An issue comes up, they don't really complain until it's too late. But once they take away rights, it's hard to get them back to almost impossible. But, you know, it's just how do we encourage people to get up off the behinds, to research the issues, and to actually take action at the voting poll, to actually send a letter to their various political representatives to say, hey, look, I don't like this. There's a group of us that don't like this. We're going to vote. What's your reaction? What are you going to do about it? You I think know, I think in any any social privilege that anybody has, you know, that, that like we know that, that you know, you, you could have your white your hetero white male privilege, then your hetero black male privilege, or your hetero white female privilege, then if you're a if you're a masculine LGBT man, you have your privilege and people will listen to you. So I guess I could as as a, a hetero black male, I could get other hetero black males to listen to me. About this sort of deal, and then like uh, like you said, um, with the um, with like LGBT white folks that like p- can't wait to point the finger at black folks on a Prop 8 vote in 2008. If I could get get them to uh, use that that uh that that white male privilege to speak and communicate and and say, hey, you know, they they're gonna take right the right to vote away. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I think it's a very interesting science as they go to conquer and divide, to get people busting at each other, instead, you know, and keep them going. And nobody's not really recognizing what you're doing. You're so focused on how do I feel about that? I think that's bullshit. But I'm going to say something. I'm going to point the finger. Now stop that shit. Understand who the common the common enemy is. Understand what is commonly happening to you all. You know, for example, as Kim was bringing up, you know, the, the right to remain silent. You know, that that was very significant. That was, is what happened this week. I know something that has uh, been of uh, definitely of, uh, of interesting controversy here is that when parents go down to do their DNA testing for the child and do the child support and all that stuff, they were up here talking about keeping that DNA on file. So that if anything ever comes up, they can use it. And I'm like, oh, hold on, wait a minute, that's bullshit. Most of the people out there are just Americans uh, or innocent citizens doing their own thing, blah, blah, blah. There's too much um, abuse that I feel is going to happen. I'm going to depend upon a politician, 
and where they depend upon anybody else who's trying to make a career for themselves to be who they are. And if it means ruining a life or whatever else that may be, they're going to do it. You have to have something in place. You have to have these grassroots efforts to address these issues. I mean, I, to me, that you're playing today. And anyone that's sitting on the behind, you know, saying, oh, it'll be all right, you're being mentally lazy. Stop that. It's that, going to get you. No, and you're right. You're right. And, you know, I'm just looking at how things are being set up and, I just believe that, you know, it's not adding up. You know, everything that's been happening and um, with some of the decisions that have come down and, again, with the apathy in our communities because, again, we have to also point the fingers back. And I'll just say some of the older generations did not, I say, I'll just say some of the older generations did not prepare the younger generations, but then, some of the ones that tried to prepare the younger generation, again, you know, a lot of the younger generation felt that, oh, that was the past, that's not happening now, and they didn't believe that this type of thing would affect them. And some of them do still don't believe that. They don't understand the severity of what's been taking place. And, you know, Terry in the chat room basically said that people, in particular Americans, tend not to care about things until it directly affects them. And that's true. And we have to start addressing these things, even when it does not directly affect us, because it's just a matter of time before it does. And everything pretty much, you know, directly affects you. It just may take a little bit longer for it to reach your block, if you will. But, yeah, you know, because there's nothing happening in the free thought community, um, you know, we're going to have um, no choice but to work with some of the religious institutions now. Of course, we draw the line at, you know, with some of the communities, because here in Illinois, basically, uh, marriage equality came up to vote in the in the Illinois um, legislature and a lot of the black ministers got together and basically they formed a coalition and you know opposed marriage equality now it was pretty much guaranteed to pass until you know a certain you know coalition of ministers opposed it and then all of a sudden you know they didn't vote on it and so it's going to end up coming back up. Now, we're not going to support anything like that, not at all, because that's wrong. We feel that, you know, everyone has the right to secure their happiness, however that may be. And, so again, the Bible does not. Well, the, and that's the thing. You know, will these, will you know, the religious communities be willing to work with us? And that's where the dilemma is going to come in, which is why, you know, I'm looking at the free thought community, and I'm like, you know, what's really going on? I mean, we're going to do um, basically our, you know, outreach the best way that we can. However, um, no, I mean, you know, Mm-mm. We have to do better, the free thought community. And, I mean, we're doing the best that we can with what we have, but we have these larger organizations out here that, you know, have the experience, that have the resources. Um, and, you know, it, 
but they're not talking to us. And again, it goes back to um, basically it's, it's going back to um, you know the rhetoric that we're hearing about how you know people want to work together and how they're inclusive and you know they believe in diversity, but their actions aren't showing it. Do y'all have and community stations up there? Community station, define that, please. Like an organization or a person can get on and have like an hour to to do whatever they want to do? Mm, no, I have not seen that. And, I mean, they may have it, and I'm just not informed. So, you know, again, that charges me to get out there and get even more informed and involved in, you know, uh, the community here in Chicago. I'm involved, and I know, you know, some of the things, but like that there, you know, I may have missed it. So, again, that just makes me a built. Yes, ma'am. Check with Comcast. I don't know what other stations y'all got. I know Comcast is in New York. They got it. Um... It's, I don't know where it's located, you know, other than that. I know it's located here. And I'll be getting right. on their butt when they get up there on TV, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I confront I confront the churches, you know, like the other day. I said, well, what y'all going to do? You just going to sit back and let them take this from us and that from us and just say, well, and she said, well, I'm doing, but, you know, and, and come to say the big churches don't work with the little churches and the and 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 I said, well, but but I'm I'm doing I'm doing it, but I just I just feel like I should just you know be slow. I said, oh what? And wait on the law? No 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 no. You know, but I confront, and then you got all these people, you know, who are looking at this, you know. Um, exactly. You're talking you know, about I'm, public access. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not able to get out like I I wish you know I was you know able to. Because after going through what I sometimes you got to go through something to know stuff, you know. And after mm-hmm. going through what I I have gone through, I I wish I was capable. Uh, now that now I'm not working and I got the free time, which I always wanted free time, but now I'm not able to do it. If I was knowing what right. I have studied and 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 went through and and just took time, I've had time to go. A lot of people working don't know really what's going on. They don't exactly. have time. And exactly. Now that I know, oh, I wish I could. I wish I, that, and this is the best, the best thing for me with these community stations to 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 confront these people, you know. And and that's why I was asking because you'd be surprised how many people be looking at those shows. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're talking about um, the public access TV. So, yeah, we have that here in Chicago and um, different people. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've had a few people encouraging us 
to do public access TV, and, you know, there are some benefits, but there are also some who we. So, yeah, you know, we do have that here that is available, and, you know, I do challenge, you know, some of the religious people, but it's usually on their radio programs, and, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I target the more popular ones when I do call in. But, again, you're right, people aren't aware of what's happening out there, but, again, I'm talking about, you know, the atheist, free thought, you know, non-believing community here. Where do we stand? Mm-hmm. And how are we going to do some real outreach? And, again, you know, a lot of issues have not been dealt with internally. So we're not able to really confront, challenge, and deal with the issues, you know, that's happening within our community. You know, how do we expect people outside of our community to respond to us? And especially when some of us are actually really trying to reach out outside of the free thought community and into the greater community, and we get no support from the larger organizations. They don't even, in some cases, won't even acknowledge what we're doing and what we're trying to do. And in situations like this, that opens the door for real conversation. But what I find interesting is, they like to keep talking to the same people. So it's the same conversation over and over, just like the church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just, and I just, I find it amazing because a lot of these people do not enjoy being critiqued. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, there are people on the outside, people outside of your quote-unquote circle that sees things and there are people even within your circle that sees these issues, but they don't want to lose their benefits. So they're going to go along to get along, just as long as you continue to, you know, give them whatever it is you're giving them. And this is some of the same scenarios that, you know, we see happening in the church. And then there are people who get angry with me when I talk about how, you know, the free thought community in a lot of ways is paralleling the church. And it is. And I'm pointing out the behaviors. But of course they don't see it that way. So, yeah. yeah. And there are plenty of, and, and if you look back in the archives, like there are shows that explain this stuff that, um, like I like I'm I'm ready for those for those attitudes just from you know turning on black free thinkers and learning about cognitive dissonance and what have you, say you know and, and learning about these these pious attitudes. Um, Alfred did a great video talking teaching about pious attitudes and where where you can so you get you get ready to to deal with those folks. But I'm 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 not too well at it. I, I just I I don't have a technique <laughs> like how. Can, how do you? How do you get? Well, to I them? don't either. I, I don't think I'm. I'm really bad, I, I, you know. Yeah, I just usually jump oh. in, and and what what works well. I get practice because I got a buddy of mine. He's as conservative as conservative can get. Now, granted, he's not religious, but when it comes to politics, he's pretty conservative. So, you know, we have a pretty good friendship. So we get to debate back and forth, and we I we we just jump into it. And figure like for example, when it came to uh, health care, you know, he was so against it. But then when I personalized it and I told him, you've had a very, very good job because he works at Honda. You have a very, very good job at Honda. You've had for a long time now. 
and you've been able to, and I'm glad you've had the job. I think you deserve it. You're, you're very good at it. But you're losing sight on those people that haven't had the same advantages you have. When I go there or when we talk about gas, we need to get away from our indulgence on gas. And he says, well, blah, 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 blah. You know, he's all for the gas company. So I'll stop him and I'll say, do you own a personal stake in any of the uh, oil companies around here? Do you own their stock? Do you own a gas station? Do you own any of that? And then, he, of course, he answers no. And I say, then how the heck are you going to argue in their behalf? Why are you going to take up the party line and argue for them? They, they're, 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 making, you know, they're really ripping our, our, both of our wallets apart by doing what they're doing to us. So I mean, it's I think it's nice to have that as a friendship, him as a friendship, you know, and amongst other things. And coming back to our group that we have here, where we get to talk about these things, and it's like I get ready for him. It's like I'm doing my due diligence, so I can get ready to go back and talk to him again. And then we have a, a nice friendly debate. Um, it's but at the same time, of course, I, I have to get the cab, so <clears throat> that helps. Um, <laughs> But, but I, I mean, people have been trained to defend, you know, um, large corporations like that. Um, someone, if you could turn your radio down, Rain, I, I pulled you in. Um, and basically, you know, what's, what's, what's interesting about the whole thing is that you even see that people have been trained to vote against their own interests. If someone has their radio on, you can hear my voice. I'm hearing an echo. I think it's blog talk. Um, Like my page, my flash is really messing up here. This website, oh, geez, you know what? It's the NSA. They hear what we're talking about. You see, that's not. (laughs) Right. Yeah, you're right. Wow. They're they're working. If you feel lonely at night, don't worry. The NSA is right there with you. (laughs) Okay, right, right, right. right. messing up. Yeah, well, I'm going to keep moving forward. But, you know, again, people have been taught and trained to a certain degree to vote against their own interests if they feel that those same interests are going to benefit a group of people that they may hold biases against. Right. So while the Voting Rights Act will affect poor whites, as much as it does, you know. Uh, I wouldn't say as much as it does, uh, but I would say it affects them. I don't think yeah. it affects them quite the same way. <laughs> right. I mean, so I'm just, I just want us to be real about it. I mean, you know, we exactly. we can we can talk about we can talk about how things affect multiple groups and why multiple groups should care, and that's valid. You know, not it's not that you know the Voting Rights Act you know doesn't impact you know, lower class whites. It just has a a greater effect on minorities, mm-hmm. per, particularly mm-hmm. people of color. So, right. and, 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 and it also has an impact on young people and old people and all of that too, but it's just, you know, I just, I just, you know, sometimes I think people get really caught up in this kumbaya stuff and they don't want to call spades, you know, spade a spade. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, we've, we've been taught to be afraid of. Uh, we've been taught to be afraid of, of getting called out for reverse racism. Air quotes right. for those that can't see me. You know, they they can't <laughs> right. wait. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you know, it's nothing as, you know, yeah, go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> Can we? Oh, no, 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 I was just going to say that, you know, we definitely, you know, we need to call it out for what it is, put it out there, and again, you know, some of these same people will vote against their own interests if they feel that it benefits another group or a group that they have biases against, because voting rights now, what they're doing is they're saying that voting rights are an entitlement program, and it's not. Voting rights is not an entitlement program. And once you once you add that little entitlement program to anything, then, of course, you know, you have a certain sector of people that are going to say, oh, no, that's wrong. That's, you know, reverse discrimination. And we have a lot of angry people out here. And, unfortunately, again, the scenario is being set up for an us versus them which is why we've talked about that in the past, and we're going to end up talking about it even more. But, you know, going back to, you know, a point that I was making earlier about the religious program, you know, the religious community, and they are angry, and they are ready to fight, you know, but they're ready to fight on, you know, You're fighting the wrong problems. enemy. Exactly. Exactly. You're fighting the wrong exactly. enemy. Because because ultimately it's none of your business who ma- who marries who. The church, you know, there are a lot of bad marriages in the church that none of them are fixing, you know what I mean? But they want to be worried about, you know, these people over here getting married. And they don't own marriage. It's not theirs. Exactly. It's, a, it's, a, it's an issue between those two people and the government. That's it. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think it's more, even more than that, you know, the point is that you've been so wrong for so many centuries. It's time for your time for you to shut the fuck up. Seriously, <laughs> I mean, just think about you know the things that they have done. Thanks, for cutting through all of our PC crap. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry. There you go. <laughs> but I'm well, serious. Right. I mean, I mean, just look at it. I mean, from the beginning, yeah. you know, they've been been killing people in the name of God. They've been Enslaving people in the name of God and putting women women had women getting married at uh, to an eighty some year old man they fourteen years old. Come on now. I mean, it's time for them to shut the hell up. I, you know, before this started, before I, I guess about five years ago, something came up and I said, Now what the hell what else is they gonna be against now? And it's everything is coming I wanted to know what was going to be next, and, you know, and here it is. You know, I mean, mm, mm, mm. well, you know what's up. next after all of this? Because you know they've been they've enacted um, laws in which some of these preachers, when they do um, anti-gay sermons, that you know they've been arresting preachers for that, and you know, finding different pe- preachers for that. So again, they're they're in some cases they're a little afraid to preach those crazy sermons. But the next group of people they're going to come after are the non-believers, and that's why I keep telling people, you know, again, you know, if we if we don't stand with these other groups for the injustices that are being inflicted on them, how do we expect any of these other people to stand with us? Yeah. yeah. You know. You know, the only only reason I've been holding back is because. You 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 know you know you can you can go through hell, right? And 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 the point is that a lot of people going through hell really get weaker. 
Okay, and the point is they're not listening to what is truth. They just want somebody to help them. They don't realize that they made it through. You know, they was the ones that made it through hell. Not a Jesus, not a God. It was what was in them. But And, and that's the only reason I'm holding back. I don't want nobody killing themselves for what I said. You know, but, but, but see, they, in addition to what you're saying, no, but I'm going to tie in what you're saying and what Raina said earlier, and we've been talking about this for a while. You know, they made it through by their own volition, and, right. you know, they worked hard or what have you. But, there again, people are getting mad at the wrong people, and we need to be looking at these public policies and these laws. Mm-hmm. And, and and basically holding our officials, our government officials, accountable. You know, so, and it's even more than that, but, you know, we're just going to touch on that for right now. But, you know, it's, it's, oh, while these things, it may seem rather simple, some of it is extremely complex, but it's about educating people. And, again, a lot of people have been disenfranchised and discouraged to the point that, They've given up, and they don't care, or they figure the ones out here who are willing to fight and to stand up that, you know, we're automatically going to have their best interests at hand. And they have not paid attention to history because, you know, look at some of the leaders from the past. They may have started out honestly and earnestly, but when it starts coming down to dollars and cents and, you know, recognition and celebrity, Sometimes that tends to change people. Yeah. And so then, you know, their vested interests change. Then what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot of things that go into feeding their own egos when they get to that certain political level. And you're right, they yeah. do change. It's almost like nine day. So I would say the empowering question is how do we remind them of their roots um, because it gets pretty ridiculous there. For example, even here locally, there's been certain politicians that I've seen out on the ballot. I've gone up, shake their hand, hey, how you doing? Hey, thanks for your vote, blah, 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 blah. But a few days, a few years later, it's like, I don't know you. Get away from me, you scum. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wow, I think I need to remind you something again. November is coming. Keep that in mind. Yeah. Right. I don't see yeah. much. I really don't see that much of what NAACP. I mean, on a local level, you know. I mean, they was talking about, you know, like they'll say, "Well, what's holding Obama back?" But what has held, what what has held them back? You know, what has held these black groups back all these, all these years? I mean, there are. I'm, I'm gonna tell you, it's a lot of undercover racism on jobs. Uh, in the medical field, in different things, it's a lot of undercover that local groups could have been or got to. You know what I'm saying? And I don't, you know, they're really like, you know, they're not doing anything. You know, really, when well, it comes right down to it. Well, I think, I think, you know, it it really just depends on where you look. I mean, I am, I am not the biggest fan of the NAACP as as of late. I think that they could be doing more too. But I, I certainly acknowledge there are more there's some uh chapters and, you know, individuals who are making good efforts out there. 
but certainly more needs to be done. And I think that um, some of their priorities have been a little off over the years, mm-hmm. at least where, from where I stand. But, um, I mean, some of, us, some of that is on the black community. Some of us have right. reached this place where we believe that we arrived and we yeah, no longer uppity, need these groups. Uppity people, and uppity people. Well, I wouldn't necessarily call them uppity. I just think that they were, I think that a lot of us have been living under the delusion that Well, I, I just said it because I know how to talk about some people here. I hate that word, okay, ghetto. Well, I mean, I mean, if, if, if that's what you want to call them, Deborah, I'm just saying I think some of us have been living under the delusion that we have arrived at this post-racial utopia. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and obviously things are not that way. Um, so You're I think right some of that. the blame has to be placed directly on the black community and not necessarily on the NAACP. But um, right. certainly there are things that the NAACP could have been doing better during this time. Um, yeah. And exactly. that's just one group. And, and I, I just was using my... that as an example. Oh, yeah, yeah, but that's why I'm pointing the finger at the free thought community because, yeah. you know, five years from now we'll be saying, well, we could have done better or the people in this community could have put forth more of an effort, which is why I'm charging them now, you know, to be more, you know, part of the community and more outreach. We have Travis on the line with us. And, again, you know, we need to start getting into these communities and, while I know some people are shuddering at the thought of having to work with religious institutions, what choice do we have when there are, there's nothing in place in the free thought community and the people who do have the resources and the knowledge and, and, and the wherewithal to help us with, you know, this outreach and to give us some guidance, if you will, they're sitting back, sitting on their hands and saying nothing and ignoring us as though we don't exist. Yes, and to add some verbal Legos onto what Rainer was building there, uh, like I'm, I'm, I, I was like a, hey, you know what? I kind of still am part of that problem. Not that I think that there's some post-racial this, that, and the other going on, but uh, that 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 apathy that comes from quote unquote making it. Because if you if you were to really look at my whole background from birth to now, I'm I was telling Kim this or like yesterday, I'm supposed to be in one of those privatized prisons, but you know I uh. I, 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 you know, I, I hustled and I grinded and I did what I could, and then, uh, and then being part of the problem, I moved as far away as I could from the black neighborhood and got in my little 1,300 square foot box and said I made it, and uh, and and that's that's the problem. I, I haven't reached a hand back or anything, you know, sitting in my pajamas making a podcast, and then I'm not doing anything. Right. I mean, you know, I think we all can put forth more of an effort in 360 Seattle, you're on the line with us. But, um, yeah, you know, and, again, you're correct. You know, we have to put some of the blame back on the black community. And it was interesting because this morning I was driving around because someone had cronuts in Chicago and I had to have one. And, you know, driving back to the house, and all you can hear in the morning is gospel music. And I'm sitting there, and I'm listening to the words, and, you know, it was a live recording. You know, you hear people shouting and all of that during the song after, and then the um, DJ, you know, was going through the motions after the song went off. And all of the effort 
that I see religious people putting into church, you know, their clothing, cars, giving off, you know, airs that they've arrived. If they would take that energy and put it back into the community, we wouldn't have nearly half the problems we have. Exactly. You know, well, yeah, but I mean, you know, in to that, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna, I was just gonna say, I was gonna say, I, um, I agree that mentality, particularly when it comes to like wealth and materialism, is a problem. But it's not just a problem in the black community. And sometimes I think like people, and I'm not saying she did this, Kim. I'm just saying that like in general, that's a charge that gets leveled at the black community. Like it's just a problem with us. It just happens to hit us disproportionately because we don't have the sort of wealth, you know, in our community that other groups do. And it's not real wealth. And it's not even real wealth. You know, people that think that they have wealth in our community, it's not real wealth. I agree, but but that's that's an American problem. It crosses all, you know, racial and ethnic, you know, boundaries there. So, no, but because we're talking about the black yeah, exactly. Like, but, but you know, it even goes beyond America. Um, I have friends in other countries, and I'll just put it this way: so you know, a couple of friends from a couple of other countries, they have us beat. We have nothing on them. Trust me. It's just, you know, and it, it, it's some of it. I just sit back and I just look well, at it of, because sometimes we sometimes we export our culture and mentality to other places too, but. But yeah, I was just I was just saying that it's a it's an, a a cultural problem in our country, and that isn't just a black thing. But it's to say that black people need to correct it. Sometimes it gets transmitted to other people like this is just a black problem, and if black people would just get that together, then they'd be much better off. But it's really a societal problem, and the only way to solve it is that is at the society level. You know, we have to make a cultural change. You know? Right. You have to stop focusing on the materialism. And, you know, we talked about this on the show before. And, you know, basically, a lot of the issues we have is due to the materialism. And, you know, again, you know, putting on that front. And because, I mean, I, especially when I lived in Georgia, you know, some of the stuff that I saw, you had people giving off the air of being wealthy, but. You didn't know when they went home they had no furniture or they had 12 roommates or they're sitting there eating, you know, top ramen for dinner every day. But yet when they leave the house, it's sharp as a tack and driving very nice. And so, you know, and it happens, and you're right, it is a cultural issue, you know, within Western, you know, society. It, it is exported to other places. But at the end of the day, when, again, coming back to our community, um, you know, you have people that will fight you tooth and nail about, you know, these particular issues. And with the station that I was listening to this morning, they opened the lines and people were calling in. And, you know, one of the comments that I heard worried me was we had a gentleman that called in and was talking about homosexuality being a disease. And that the government should spend money, yeah. And that the government should spend money to cure 
that disease. Um, we had, you know, a bunch of different callers calling in, and, you know, again, it, it went back to that us versus them, and that's what I'm worried about. But, again, you know, us taking it back to center about, you know, the free thought atheist commun- community and what happened this past week, again, I have not seen any statements from any of these larger organizations. I don't even remember seeing a blurb. You know, a couple of people may have said something individually, you know, on their status updates, but but it's not an organization. And I'm just wondering where they stand because, you know, again, this affects all of us. And, again, it opens up another opportunity for us to converse and work on some of the internal issues happening in this community. But, unfortunately, with some of what's been happening, it's going to, you know, kind of pave the way, if you will, for us to work with the religious community. And while I personally do not believe that's a bad thing, I just find it disheartening that we weren't able to work within our own community. So, you know, that is it's just I mean, even if we were just working in our own community, though, eventually we'd have to work with the religious community because there just aren't enough of us. You know, I mean, we're you know we're growing, but we're not we're not you know there yet. You know, we're not there yet where we're a large enough voting block or a large enough community to where we can do things on our own. But um, it is it is sort of disheartening that there are organizations that are already set up that have the capability of, you know, dealing with some of these issues, at least through, you know, some of the mechanisms that they already have, you know what I mean, to, mm-hmm. you know, have voter drives or to have, you know, sort of voter education or, or, or what have you being done, but they're not doing it for whatever reason, so. Exactly. And um, but then, you know, again, yeah. You know, we have to move on, and that's why I'm, you know, looking at some of the smaller organizations that, you know, basically are community or social justice driven and, you know, sitting in, you know, hopefully they will start to mobilize and organize. We'll see. But, again, like I said, it's only been, it's been less than a week since that decision has come down. So we have to be fair and give people time and opportunity to organize and to, you know, figure out what's happening to get a better understanding. But what I'm saying is it's time to move forward. It's definitely time to move forward. And we cannot wait until the last minute. Can't wait until, you know, three, you know, two, three months before the election and say, oh, we need to do something about it. It's kind of too late then. So we need to start. So, yeah, don't sleep on that 2014 election. I'm telling people don't sleep on it. But in the meantime, you know, help people get organized, get registered, and there are going to be, you know, um, demonstrations, peaceful demonstrations. i got to make sure I add that in there. You know, we want things to be done peacefully and within the confines of law. You know, do not take the law into your own hands because that's not going to achieve anything. But we just have to be vigilant and understand, and especially with this us versus them, and unfortunately it was already set up for 
for conflict between the two groups there, and it's only going to be intensified. And I find that extremely unfortunate. So we have to make sure that, um, you know, when we see that type of issue, that we confront it. Because it's, it's, there are a lot of people that can be hurt in that particular situation. And one thing that I do want to say, um, you know, people of color in the LGBTQ community should not be forced to choose between the two communities. They should be able to work within both. So, you know, again, whole thing. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah. For what I would say, the society is opening. Go ahead, hon. A good reminder there that you said it was just a week ago. Because, you know, I'm a podcast junkie. You know, every, every single day of the week, I listen to anywhere from 8 to 12 hours of podcasting like this. So I hear it so much, it's like I've been hearing it for a year. And, yeah, it's only been a week. And and I kind of I, – I, I look at my sister as like one of the one of those normal people who like I doubt she even knows this happened yet. You know, like every every time I I look at what she's looking at on her laptop, it's always like a a dog jumping off a bed or something like that. You know, it's, it's that sort of stuff. Like she's not seeking information, and I know that she is not the only person like that. The folks that are just avoiding information. So yeah, it's only been a week. Yeah, let, let it start to get out there so so people can find out. And yeah, let's keep running our mouths so people find out. Like I told you before, like I didn't know about the um the young lady on the uh, on the Trayvon Martin there with the uh, with the three languages and all that business. Like yeah, so yeah, keep saying it. You know, just like a like a Rainer, keep saying um keep saying what, 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 what's that one you say um ah Jesus Christ. Uh, in, enthusiastic consent because it, it gets in the head. Keep saying it, you know. Yeah. Right, and you know this. You know we have to move forward. And someone in the chat room said, basically, you have to step back and understand. Just because we're passionate about something, that doesn't mean everybody else will be passionate about it. And that it's hard to, you know, step back. And that's true. That's true. You know, we may be passionate about this, and they aren't. However, this will affect their lives as much as it affects ours. Right, right. You know, and there are some people that will just sit back and allow everyone else to do the hard work, knowing that you know they'll also reap the benefits. Because again, if a law is passed, or you know, uh, if Congress you know, finally, you know, gets together and revamps, you know, part of the civil, um, the Voting Rights Act, that, you know, it'll still benefit them and they don't have to go out on the limb, they don't have to say anything because it's not as though they're going to be excluded because they said something. But, again, you know, it's, it's just, it's unfortunate. You know, I'm just looking at it and, you know, I can't blame all of us. You know, I'm just, like I said, just outdone, totally outdone. Um, when that decision came down, I think it wiped quite a few of us out. Just totally unbelievable. But, again, you know, where some of my disappointment comes in is I see absolutely nothing being said from an organizational standpoint in the free thought community, and that's unfortunate. 
Yeah, and th- there's that irony that their that their that their their argument is that well, racism doesn't exist anymore. Which I prefer not to use that term, but that's the term they use. I prefer to say white supremacy. But uh, you know, they're saying racism doesn't exist anymore. Well, at the exact same time, you go on the twitters and you see that lawyer and his daughter eating the ice cream, saying, "We defeated stupid." You know, it's like ah, Jesus Christ, come on. Yeah, and I, I notice how it's only when it's put out there to the masses that racism doesn't exist anymore. It's always somebody white that is saying that. You know, I, yeah. I've never, I've never seen a person or a group of black folks say, "Oh, it doesn't exist anymore." They're right. You know, kumbaya, let's go. Um, I saw one. I saw one guy do that who was black. I can't think of the. You know that guy named Williams. And he has a um, he has a show that comes on. Um, oh, what's the name of that guy? Ah, oh, can't think of his name. His last name is Williams. And he's got. You mean Warren Williams? No, he got his own show, like on TV late at night. I don't know whether y'all get it. Um, I think it begins with an A. Oh, what's his name? But anyway, he's from like North Carolina, north of South Carolina. He was born. His daddy was a pro. Uh, uh, a, a crop, uh, uh, sharecropper, sharecropper, and he he was on uh, Reverend um, uh, uh, oh, the guy's show. I can't think of his name. I, one, it was about five years ago, and he okay. said he didn't know he didn't he didn't know nothing about racism at all. I can't think. Oh, of he's that. been socially engineered. It's about Harvey Kane. Harvey Kane. No. He's crazy too, but uh, now this guy's last name is William. It begins with an A, his first name, and uh, he has his own show at night. It only lasts like a half an hour, and I can't think of that school's name. Go ahead, I'll yeah, think about it. I can't. Yeah, you know, that. Yeah, I never. So... Oh, yeah, like how you said, um, it, it's always somebody white saying that the racism doesn't exist. And I remember back in uh, 2008 when I started looking into these uh, these footnotes and sources of all these uh, these things that uh, that, that writer uh, Tim Wise was uh, putting out in his books. And uh, it looks like every you, know, you look back in the past all the way up to now, every single generation of European descendants, if you ask them, they think they treated those Negroes the best. They all, yep. all, every generation of them. Mm-hmm. They so do. Yep. And I never see them reaching out to ask uh, a minority. Do you, don't you think that racism doesn't exist anymore? No, tell us your story. You never see that. They just put this statement out there. Blah. And like, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to believe that? Like, I, you're, I'm supposed to believe in your Jesus Christ? Right. Mm-hmm. It ain't happening. Not now, anyway. No. Yeah, and I guess because, you know, after you leave religion and you start studying and your eyes are open and your brain is, you know, uh, being exercised even more with more information, if you will, it's hard to close your eyes to what's happening around you. And again, that's why we, you know, encourage people to use their critical thinking skills in every area of their lives, not just when questioning religion, but every area of your life. 
And once you start seeing things and understanding, getting a better understanding, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to turn back. And when you start seeing these types of things, um, you know, it, sometimes it causes you to become passionate about certain issues. Sometimes it causes you to become angry about certain issues. But, you know, again, you know, wherever your emotions may lie, the question is, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to affect change? How are you going to encourage others? How are we going to move forward? And in this instance, how are we going to work together? And, again, you know, some of these organizations, they have the resources, they have the wherewithal, they have the experience. But yet we're hearing nothing. So, you know, basically we're going to work and do what we need to do um, in the community. And hopefully one day this community will catch up and see what's happening because we're next on the list when it becomes evident that they cannot target the LGBTQ community anymore, they have to find another enemy. Mm-hmm. And we're next on the list. Yep. And that's how they continue to work when they find another enemy. It's perpetual. It's almost like, a, you know, a one-on-one, type one-on-one class. You know, to keep us going, it's a fundamental belief on their part that they must have an enemy. Rather, they, it's truly out there, or they must manufacture that enemy. Right. And, exactly. and mostly I find they manufacture the enemy. Exactly. Yeah, they can't mobilize without creating a villain to make people feel like they need to be a, a, a hero against. Exactly. But that's the premise of religion. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, control. it's always an enemy. Go ahead. I was just going to say control. You know, that's all. It's all about yeah. control. Man, that's one thing. I'm, yeah. I might be, like, going off a of subject there, but it's just one of my predictions that I'm sure will be correct. I'm arrogant. The, uh... Like we all, we all, we've already seen, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, the 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 science folk, the the fancy book learning science folk. They, uh, you know, they they're, they're saying this is what's going to happen with climate change. You're going to get these types of storms, this type of tornadic activity, and then uh, you you look at what recently happened with the Domer and with the uh, and with the Doter, with the uh, you know, with, with LGBT folks, and you know, about uh, probably about a half a decade to a decade down the line, when all that when all that stuff that the science science folk have already predicted, the religious folks are going to say, it's because of that their gay marriage, God is mad at us. You know, that, that's, that's and right. I always go to the southern that's, accent that's when I do that. Do. Sorry about that's, that. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yep, you know, but that, do. you know, I mean, a lot of this has already, you know, been predicted, like you were saying, the sciences have already told us what the effects of the climate change, you know, we're going to be. But this is the thing. Now, don't underestimate some of these religious leaders. They read the newspapers. They read these journals. They read these papers. And they know exactly what's happening and what's going to happen. However, they want to keep their people ignorant. And so when we have, you know, changes in these issues, then they turn around and use that, and what they do is get in church and call themselves prophesying, if you will, 
And then they try to take that example and use it and say this is because of God's wrath. But, you know, let's take it back a little bit on what happened with the housing bubble. And basically that started, people are still blaming Bush, and it wasn't his fault. That was Bill Clinton's fault. And what happened was Bill Clinton relaxed a lot of the regulations regarding home loans. And, you know, we do have some issues there because of redlining and because of some of the public policies regarding giving loans to people of color. So all of that, you know, people thought that that was being corrected, but it it opened up another can of worms there. Um, But anyway, a lot of these religious people took in, you know, there's a close relation between religion and government. And please do not believe that the religious people do not have any feelings with the government. They do. And they knew that Bill Clinton was going to relax those regulations, if you will. And, you know, ironically, you know, a lot of religious people, a lot of pastors or pastors' wives, if you will, get involved in real estate, whether it's mortgage brokers or realtors or what have you. And then they started preaching the sermon, God wants you to have a house. Even though they knew that the laws had been changed and how it was easier to get home loans. And so, I mean, it's a method to the madness of what's happening. And just like now with the Affordable Care Act, and I've been talking about this way back. I started talking about this, you know, when President Obama was first elected and they started working towards the Affordable Care Act. And before it was even passed, and we knew it was going to be passed. And I started talking about how a lot of churches were going to basically set up their own insurance brokerages. And it started happening, and it's still happening. So they're fully aware of what's happening, you know, with the news. They're fully aware of what's happening with the laws and all of that. It's just that their congregation, the proletariat, the working poor, if you will, they're not fully familiar because, as it was stated earlier, they don't have time to really research and read and understand what's happening around them. Yeah, you reminded me when you said those uh, those preachers uh, they read the newspapers, they know the stats. Yeah, that, that yeah, those folks that are that you know people of power. They yeah, they know, and and that's why I, you know we were talking about that before. Where um, I get so tired of that rhetorical question that comes up every time somebody proposes a crazy bill or uh, they put a, an insane idea out there in the free market of ideas, and then what do people say? They jump up and say. How could he do that? Does he not know that this would happen if he does that? Yes, they do know that. They know that. Like they're very like, smart people. Yeah, they're not. They're not dumb. Like they, they're just they're capitalists and they're greedy and they know that they can line their pockets and profit off of pain. If I may quote Chris Rock. Right. Right. And, you know, and it's just, like I said, the whole thing is interesting and just sad at the same time. But, you know, we're down to our last nine minutes of the show. But, you know, again, bringing it back to center, what are we going to do in the free thought community? You know, uh, I'm just sitting back and watching to see if any of these people in our community, if they're just going to sit back and act as though this doesn't happen or it didn't affect them. And 
I don't know. I'm just, you know, really discouraged in a lot of different ways. Um, but, you know, you still have to move on. You still have to carry on. And I just have to focus on doing my part. You know, me as an individual, me, Kimberly, because, again, I'm, you know, working toward a solution, but I'm doing this for Kimberly, you know, to help other folks. So, again, you know, other organizations, I don't expect any organizations really to do too much of anything. I expect to see individuals working on behalf. However, it would be nice to have some of these organizations acknowledge, you know, what's happening and how it's going to affect people. Because, again, voting rights is not an entitlement program. No matter how they try to package it that way, that's not what it is. And it's going to affect everybody. It's going to affect um, poor whites, poor blacks, poor Latinos, Asians, you know, everybody. It's going to affect students, disabled people, um, elderly people, and it's not just blacks specifically. It's going to, you know, hurt all of us. And I just don't want us to sit back and end up waiting to the last minute and scrambling. And then if we're not able to achieve certain goals, then, you know, we feel as though we failed. And that just opens up a whole different can of worms there. But we have to do better. I know I'm going to do better, and that's why, you know, I'm meeting with my group today, and I'm going to encourage them, and we'll go from there. So, again, I encourage you guys to go out. Um, you can go to registertovote.org, canivote.org, rock the vote. See if you're registered. See if your information is up to date. Make sure you stay on top of that. But um, in addition to that, you know, encourage other people to get out and to become a little bit more politically aware of what's happening around them. So, all right, guys, next Wednesday we will have MC Brooks and Father Teresa, and they will be talking about intellectual elitism. So that promises to be a great show. I think this show kind of gives them a segue, but that should be um, an excellent show. I'm looking forward to that. Friday, we're going to do a rebroadcast of the M and Evil show. So it's going to be the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent paradox. And we're going to rebroadcast that, and then M will be engaging in a debate. As soon as I get that information, I'll post the link. So we're going to go and support her and call in and, you know, support her and encourage her. And next Sunday, we are going to talk about rape culture. So that should be an interesting uh, show because it's not only going to be male-to-female rape the world, but we're going to talk about female-to-male, male-to-male, as well as female-to-female. It's been a lot happening. So, you know, again, we will be back next week. You know, you never know. We may end up doing another special edition next week. just really depends on what happens. But, you know, last week was a little draining. It was bittersweet, you know, while we celebrated for marriage equality and all of that. On the other hand, you know, there are a few of us that were still, you know, a little upset because of VRA and affirmative action. But, you know, we move on, and all this is doing is encouraging us 
to get out here and become a little bit more politically active. So, you know, like it, it will, it'll work itself out in the long run. But again, hopefully, we'll see some action in the free thought community um, regarding mobilization and you know organizing and getting out here and reaching just a greater community. But in the meantime, we'll be working with institutions that are in place, and in some cases, it will be religious institutions. But that's okay, you know. But the problem is, will any of them want to work with us? So stay tuned because, of course, I'll have a lot to say about that. So on that note, we are out. You guys have a lovely weekend. Um, be not. We'll be meeting up at NetUp Cafe in about an hour. All right, guys. You all take care. Have a great weekend. Y'all too. Have a good one. You too. God bless you.